Real Presence Live. It's this really powerful sense of, okay, you're seen, you're known, you're missed if you're not here. Local. It's that good crop of corn or beans or wheat or whatever it is that you do that, you know, you grow it, you grow it to the Lord, and if it doesn't come about, you just have to be patient and say, well, there's always next year. Engaging. Evangelization is the fruit of the love of God being poured into the hearts of Jesus' friends. Live. This is our charism, to be witnesses of Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist. Good morning, everybody. This is Father Craig Vosick, your host, coming to you live from the University of Mary, atop the beautiful hill overlooking the bluffs of the Missouri Valley here in western North Dakota. I'm glad to be with you wherever you are. I hope you are safe and healthy and getting holier by the minute. We exist for the glory of God. Let's say a prayer as we begin asking the Lord to anoint us, anoint our time together, anoint those who would listen today, who would tune in, maybe for the first time, or overhear someone else's radio and uh, be brought into a question or a seeking or a prompting to return to the Lord who loves them. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your kindness, for your goodness, for who you are as God, one who loves, one who loves what he has made. And you have made all things, you have created all things, and you're drawing all things back to yourself. Send the Holy Spirit through your Son Jesus today to anoint the world, to alight upon the heads, hearts, souls, desires, bodies of people everywhere in our listening area that they may be brought back to you, that they would recognize your goodness and your kindness and your draw, that they would receive something of the attractive force of your kindness, that they would be drawn back toward you so that many souls would know of your love. Please bless us, give us good gifts, allow us to seek you and to respond to you with gratitude and thanksgiving and praise. We ask for your blessing in Jesus' name, amen. Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we are in this thing called ordinal time. We are counting the weeks. Ordinary time, we call it. I don't like to call it ordinary. I like to call it ordinal because that's weirder, you know? I try to be as weird as possible. Ordinary, though, smacks of normal. And uh, living life with Christ is not normal. So I like to call it ordinal because what it means is we're counting the weeks. We're in the ninth Sunday, 10th Sunday, 11th Sunday. We're counting these weeks, right? Uh, after Pentecost. So uh, we just celebrated Trinity Sunday. And I gave a homily on the who God is as love. Um, and I'm sure many priests gave beautiful homilies on who God is and why it matters that God is Trinity, three in one, one in three. Uh, but uh, in, in light of, uh, at all times, but maybe in particular in this moment of history in the United States of America and in the world, with uh, so much uncertainty, so much unrest, so much difficulty, so much confusion, uh, all the things that are going on, which you know and I know from in the nation and just in our own, in our own lives, 
uh, to know that God is love and that God is pouring his love, which communicates peace, which communicates joy, which communicates harmony. Uh, these are things, realities that we need in the world and they come directly from the heart of God. Uh, so I was happy to, to share with my brothers and sisters in the Lord yesterday of God, of who he is and what he is trying to share with us of himself to draw us back into, in, through those realities, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, uh, into his very own heart. Um, so just uh, really happy to preach on Trinity Sunday. My home parish is called Holy Trinity, the Church of the Holy Trinity in Tabor, Minnesota, a, a little Czech parish in the Red River Valley. So, brothers and sisters, wherever you are, I hope you are blessed and that you are receiving of the love of God. Our first guest today, we're going to travel over to the city of Dickinson, or maybe not. I actually don't know where this man is right now because I know he's in transition, but I'm going to join up with Monsignor Patrick Schumacher of the Diocese of Bismarck. Good morning, Monsignor. Uh, Father, good morning to you, and I am in Dickinson in my rectory at St. Wenceslaus. You're still there, huh? I'm packing. I'm sitting here by uh, Nick Vetter, our seminarian assigned to me for uh, the summer. He actually he arrived on Holy Thursday, and he's actually studying for his last exam, which is on the Eucharist. So he's okay. sitting by me for some quality control today. <laughs> he's gonna. He's your uh, theological advisor this morning. <laughs> yes, you always. As you age, you always got to make sure you're on on point. <laughs> Very good. Very good, Monsignor. So you're in transition. Uh, you're going to be moving to a new parish. Uh, you have is, is, is the seminary and Vetter going to be following you, or is he going to stay there at St. Wilson's No, uh, Nick Vetter will stay here. Uh, Father Robert Shea will become the pastor here on July 1st, so he's going to get a, even a, a broader um, summer experience with a couple different pastors. Yeah, I had that once actually. I I helped a priest move. That was my assignment was to help him move for a summer. It was uh, very interesting to watch the transition <laughs> of priests. And I I'm getting I'm getting orders for uh, for Nick to help me move from his uncle. And I I'm not talking about Monsignor Tom Richter. I'm talking about the Bishop Austin better. So when when a bishop gives me a directive of how to how to handle the seminarian, uh, I I'll put him to work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's good. Very good. Very good. Very good. All right. So, Monsignor, today we want to talk about a few things. Um, we just had Trinity Sunday. I just commented a moment on that. You can say something more if you'd like. Uh, but we're moving forward to another feast in the church after Pentecost. There's so many beautiful feasts. Uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi. Um, so, I, for those who don't know Latin like me, could you tell us what that means? Uh, and just what, what is this feast all about? Uh, Corpus Christi, Corpus Christi, the body of Christ. It's a it's a feast that comes to us from the 13th century, mm. and it's a very beautiful Eucharistic miracle that is tied to it. Although Pope Urban mm. didn't refer to it, but uh, and Saint Thomas Aquinas had a hand in it. But it's a it's the solemnity that uh, is focused on uh, the the uh, body, blood, soul, divinity of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. It's a feast focused solely on the Holy Eucharist. Mm. And he established it on, uh, in, the, in the, the miracle of Bolsana is connected to it, where the host bled onto the corporal. You can see the corporal today in Orvieto. The Pope was living in Orvieto at the time, and then in 1264 mm. he established this feast 
on the Thursday after Pentecost. It's now moved to Sunday. But it, but it recognizes the, the gift of the Holy Eucharist um, on its own. It's really cool. Okay, so we have, I mean, we celebrate the Holy Eucharist every Sunday when we come to Mass. Um, so like we're, we're feasting on the Holy Eucharist every Sunday. But this is a, this is, this is a feast where, wherein we just stop and ponder, ponder it uh, theologically and in the rites and in the prayers. Okay. Uh, we also do this Holy Thursday. There's something about this as well. What's the difference here? Or is this the same well, the thing, just unfolding it? Right. The institution of the Holy Eucharist is on Holy Thursday, as well as the command to serve one another. And we know that the Last Supper is recounted in the Synoptic Gospels. Remember, the Last Supper is only found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Mm-hmm. And then in John, we have Chapter 6, that beautiful Bread of Life discourse, whereby we're reminded of, really, how the Eucharist ties us in, into life, and, and, you know, without it, we, we have no life. And so we have in Scripture um, a great contrast of its institution, and then we have um, the great um, Bread of Life discourse, John chapter 6. Yeah, so let's talk about John chapter 6 a little bit more, Monsignor. Um, it's, it starts off, well, how does it start off? It starts off with, uh, well, there's the multiplication of loaves at some point. There's some other things going on there. Um, walk us through, or just what, what's going on in John chapter 6. Yeah, there's really nothing like it. And uh, hmm. I just remember, uh, and sum it up for people, where our Lord said, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. In you, and then John, in his style, you know, re- repeats, and uh, it's it, it sort of John writes his gospel sort of like a symphony. It just with with, with many parts to it, it. It can begin to sound repetitive and long, but he he does that just to give you all the all the different facets of the truths that that he that he conveys in his gospel. The the Johannine tradition, a, a very unique tradition. But just to sum it up and to to keep it simple, our Lord says, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. And that is truly what we do at every Mass we go to, and it is has been truly verified in, in not just the, the miracle in, in Orvieto, but uh, most recently, actually, I think, at the, uh, the Eucharistic miracle of Buenos Aires in 1996. Do you want to say more about that one, Monsignor? Uh, maybe many of our listeners. Yeah, aren't. yeah. Uh, we uh, uh, we had this presented to us briefly at one of our our conferences here. Uh, Father mm. Robert uh, Spitzer uh, referenced it. Okay. But uh, to 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 sum this up, in 1996, after uh, a mass at a parish in in Buenos Aires. Um, uh, the, uh, a woman told the priest that someone had, had put a host on a candle holder and just kind of stuck it on a candle holder. And so this, this priest, Father, Father Alexandro, he, 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 he put the host in a container of water in, in the tabernacle. And um, after eight days, um, it didn't dissolve. It turned into actually a bloody substance. So the, his, his bishop, uh, Cardinal Jorge Borgorio, now Pope Francis, oh, his, his bishop, his bishop told him just to do something very simple, and that's just take a lot of photographs. So, so the the priest photographed this, this host, 
uh, waiting for it to dissolve. Uh, but but uh, it it was in the tabernacle for three years, and and it it, uh, it it became evident that this was some kind of a bloody substance. So the cardinal had it examined, uh, and the the forensic team had no idea where this came from. This bloody fragment was sent to a uh, a team in New York, and they concluded that not only is this real flesh containing human DNA, but what, what, what it was was from the heart, uh, mm. left ventricle. It was a heart muscle, mm. and, and, which is re- and the left ventricle is responsible for the contraction of the heart. Mm. But what is more is that, that this, this bloody substance that was heart muscle uh, had uh, a lot of white blood cells in it which indicate that, that this sample was, was taken when, when, the, when the person was still alive. And, and what, what is more is that these blood cells penetrated the tissue, which means that the owner of this heart muscle was under severe duress, mm. and, 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 uh, as, as, our, as, our Lord, as our Lord was. Mm. So they, they, when, when they were told what it was, the forensic team, the scientific team, had no explanation for it. Mm. And they were even more uh, uh, confused because uh, uh, these cells, the white blood cells, uh, w- would have only remained uh, on a piece of human tissue kept in water for a matter of minutes, where, where uh, here uh, it, was, it was over three years. So it's, a, it's really a, a, a really neat uh, Eucharistic uh, miracle. Uh, and it's the, it's the Eucharistic miracle of Buenavere. Look it up. Yes, look it up. Uh, Monsignor, I just want to stop and say uh, I've heard this, the recounting of this event uh, before, uh, but never so <laughs> never so exquisitely presented where mm-hmm. I, my breath was taken away. Um, thank you so much for recounting this Eucharistic miracle to us. Um, Hey, maybe I'll just say one thing, and we can come back. We're going to take a break, but uh, typically, when I mean this whole thing might sound really strange to people, Monsignor. So I mean, like everything, like taking a host and putting it in water, even like uh, so. This is a normal procedure, uh, and priests know about it. But could you just say uh, before we take our break that how yeah, yeah, what well, what was the priest trying to do at the beginning? The, the priest was trying to dissolve the host to properly um, dispose of it, you could say, right. in a saquarium. Yeah. A saquarium is a sink in our sacristy where it, whereby it goes into the earth. Yes. Uh, or, or just to dissolve it and put it on the earth. And when it, I... It, when I want to dissolve, uh, so if I have a host for whatever reason that cannot be consumed, uh, and I need to dispose of it, uh, you, this is the body and the blood of Christ, and therefore uh, there a, a procedure of placing it in water, and it will typically dissolve within twenty four hours, right? Yes, it, it, or 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 maybe a couple of days. A couple of days. Uh, yeah. The, the, the priest, the priest went back to look at this host after eight days. Yeah. And 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 uh, and it had turned into that's amazing. Uh, a real flesh yeah. with human DNA yeah. from the heart muscle that died under duress. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Mm-hmm. 
All right. Uh, we're going to take a break. Everybody, during the break, uh, why don't you go ahead and look up the Eucharistic miracle of Buenos Aires. It's connected. Uh, it's so recent uh, and connected to our present Holy Father. Uh, stay with us. We'll be right back. This is Real Presence Live coming at you with more content right after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College, and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. I chose Mount Marty because when I first visited Mount Marty College my freshman year, I could feel the sense of community and the relationships I built with the professors I met and the coaches I met the very first time on campus was really impactful to me. Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College. Experience the momentum. How can you know for sure that your loved one is in heaven? Well, the short answer is you can't. I'm Father Chris Alar, but you can have confident hope that they are saved because no matter when or how they died, even by suicide, you can pray and make sacrifices now to still help them accept God's final offer of grace. Jesus told St. Faustina, call upon my mercy on behalf of sinners. I desire their salvation. When you pray with faith on behalf of some sinner, I will give him the grace of conversion. Wow, if you desire heaven for someone, God desires it even more. So do your part to help them get there. Please visit suicideandhope.com so I can personally pray for anyone you've lost and to get our book, After Suicide, There's Hope for Them and You, which helps with any kind of suffering or loss, not just suicide. I promise it will help. Honor your Father by word and deed, that a blessing from Him may come upon you. Sirach 3.8 Our priests guide us on the right path and teach us about our Catholic faith. At Real Presence Radio, we'd like to honor them for helping to deepen our relationship with Jesus. Each week on Real Presence Live, we honor our fathers with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. You can nominate your priest to receive special recognition by going to yourcatholicradiostation.com. And thank you to all our priests for your service to the Holy Catholic Church. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everybody. Father Craig Vosick, your host, coming to you live from the University of Mary in Bismarck, North Dakota, chatting with the Monsignor Patrick Schumacher out in Dickinson, North Dakota. Monsignor, as we came to the break, we were chatting about uh, the, the Blessed Sacrament. We talked a little bit about uh, Orvieto and Bolsena. We then spoke a little bit about uh, this more recent Eucharistic miracle in Buenos Aires. Um, and, but we had kind of jumped off, and I just want to follow up with one thing from John chapter 6, where we were talking about the Bread of Life discourse. Um, and this line of the Lord Jesus in verse 53, which you recounted to us, Truly, truly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Um, So what kind of life are we talking about? Uh, I mean, it's not, I mean, there are people that haven't received the Eucharist and they're still walking around. So could you just 
say something about what Jesus yeah, is up to there? Yeah, well, thank you, Father. I mentioned how uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi is connected to St. Thomas Aquinas, and St. Thomas Aquinas said, uh, in fact, it's in the Office of Readings for the Day, that there is no other sacrament that has greater healing power uh, than the Holy Eucharist, where he says our sins are forgiven, our virtues are increased. He goes back to his, you know, Aristotelian, uh, 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 Albert the Great uh, training uh, of, of virtues, and then he says the soul is enriched with an abundance of every spiritual gift. So that life that our Lord is talking about in John chapter 6 is, is how our, our soul is enriched with, with every spiritual gift. And I remember Bishop Ruskowitz, when he came out and gave us our, he gave us a retreat to a priest, I think it was in 2015. He didn't call it the Sunday obligation. He called it the Sunday privilege. But I want Nick better here, Father, if I can, to comment on, uh, he, he made a couple notes uh, during the break regarding St. Thomas Aquinas and how, um, where you're broadcasting from. Uh, mm. This is Orviedo every year. Here he is. Okay, uh, so thank you, Monsignor Schumacher. We're now going to move and talk to Nick Vetter, seminarian assigned to Monsignor. Are you there, Nick? Yes, Father. It's good to be on. Wonderful. What what time is your test? When is it? Is it today or tomorrow or what? My test is tomorrow at noon uh, mountain time. And is so it a, a written, exam, written exam or are you getting on oral exam uh, with your professor over in Rome or what? No, I get to have an oral exam uh, with my professor in Rome on the Eucharist, uh, and I happen to go to the St. Thomas Aquinas University, so it's rather providential that we're speaking about uh, the Feast of Corpus Christi today. Uh, that's just so wild. I know we're not on the topic, but you guys got displaced. The seminarians had to come home from Italy, from Rome, and then got quarantined out at a cabin, and then got moved into their assignments, and are waking up in the middle of the night to take your classes. The whole the whole story is going to redound to your glory one day. I mean, it's it's just wild. But well, let's come back to this, which is the the feast of Corpus Christi and the connection to Bolsena and St. Thomas Aquinas and the University of Mary. How are you going to tie this all together for us, Nick? This all happened with uh, the event that, sadly, the University of Mary uh, had to cancel this summer, which is the high school pilgrimage where they take 120, 150 uh, high school students from across the diocese, and they visit uh, Rome and all the great places uh, in Italy, Assisi, Orvieto, and uh, Siena. And it's in uh, Orvieto that uh, we see, that we hear this story, right, this uh, miracle uh, of the blood on the corporal. And it's here that uh, we have Mass, that every year they have Mass there um, in the side chapel, and also for the diaconate ordination at the North American College, so mine coming up October 1st. We also go uh, and visit the Cathedral of or- Orvieto, and it's uh, a great gift that the uh, University of Mary uh, sponsors this trip. But it's mm-hmm. also here at the facade that Monsignor Shea gives his uh, explanation of a uh, beautiful facade, all of salvation history. And uh, we ha- hear uh, Jerome Richter give a tour of the chapel of San Brizio, which is the chapel that Michelangelo visited to be inspired to paint the Sistine Chapel, really the summary of uh, salvation history, the beautiful last judgment creation scene. And uh, 
to wrap this all together, it's in Vatican II, right? That they say the Eucharist is the source and summit of all of the Christian life. That the, in the Eucharist, we have all of salvation history. We have every, all of salvation history, and uh, we memorialize this uh, great feast uh, through the classic hymns of St. Thomas Aquinas. So after this miracle happened, the Pope commissioned St. Thomas Aquinas uh, to make the hymns for Corpus Christi. And uh, those are O Salutaris, Tantumergo, Panis Angelicum, uh, Angelicus. Um, and so uh, this feast, in a very beautiful and unique way, also rests in the University of Mary. Uh, and what they do, their good work, every year. Uh, and it's been my privilege to visit there uh, with the University of Mary as well, uh, once or twice a year. Uh, which is a great gift. Hmm. What a, I mean, what you're doing for us right now, Nick, is um, sharing with us one of the great gifts of being able to study in Rome uh, because you are, you're, you're at a university in honor of St. Thomas Aquinas, Dominican run. Uh, I also studied there, which was a great privilege of my life uh, and able to, to understand, like you might say, Pope Urban, and in America, people be like, I don't know what Urban, what's what's this Urban business about? But you you go up to Bolsena, and you can see the remnants of uh, maybe the Papal Palace that there was a Pope living in Orvieto at this, you know, just a couple hours from Rome, not even a couple hours, not even an hour and a half or whatever from Rome, up on top of a hill, and then you can have you have access to all this history and context, uh, and it becomes so much more alive. And so what you're sharing with us is not just simply things that you have. Uh, read from time to time, but things that you've walked through and experienced and saw, uh, and it just, it just stays and it, um, and it just becomes part of uh, a great life in the Lord. So Nick, thanks so much for sharing this with us. Tell us one thing about your class. Was it, um, on this lectures that you would have received on the Holy Eucharist, do you feel like, um, you know, you grew up with the Eucharist and so you didn't really learn anything, but you kind of put stuff together in a, in a better way or were there deeper insights that you were able to gain through the lecture and your reading, uh, with regard to the theology of the Holy Eucharist? Yeah. So for me, uh, my study of theology, uh, one of the first things I realized in studying theology is, wow, this is what I've always believed. Yeah, and uh, I think it's, it should be comforting for the people of God, yeah. uh, for our listeners to know uh, what your priests are learning are already—it's already what they, what you believe, and uh, <laughs> what theology is to do is to explain that a little more uh, in depth to try yeah. to understand the mysteries of our faith a little more. So, uh, this Eucharist class—not uh, so much that anything's new, but uh, going through the history, going through John six as Monsignor uh, spoke about, going through the Last Supper discourses, the importance of those, going through the Church Fathers, their understanding, going through uh, Trent, uh, where we have the clarification of the real presence of the uh, transubstantiation, uh, these very important uh, truths about the Eucharist, and uh, that Christ, we receive Christ himself, mm-hmm. and that is a healing remedy uh, that brings us into greater unity and conformity with Him, with Christ, uh, but also with the Church, that uh, the Eucharist builds up the body of Christ, the Church. And that's not um, some vague thing, but it's a very real thing. Uh, by building up our charity, our faith, and each individual person is a member, 
truly builds up uh, the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nick, thank you so much. Uh, this summary uh, that you explained to us that when seminarians go off to learn theology, they're not learning something new. They're learning something that everybody has already believed, but just uh, unfolding it, uh, delving into it into a deeper into a deeper way to understand the mystery. That was really a great way to explain our study of theology and very comforting. Can you put Monsignor back on just for the last couple of minutes here, Nick? Of course. Thanks Thank so much. For Thanks me. so much for being with us, <clears throat> Monsignor. Okay, Father. Monsignor, I, uh, before we leave, we just got a minute or so here. You're moving to a parish. Uh, this is pretty interesting. You're moving to a parish that's called Corpus Christi. What, uh, yes, what's going on with that? It's Providence. Uh, well, you know, I'm happy to talk with you about the Feast of Corpus Christi as I'm packing boxes to go there. It's, uh, <laughs> I think, the largest parish in the state, maybe. It's certainly the largest in the Diocese of Bismarck with oh, wow. 2,400 families. Uh, it, it has a, a, a beautiful uh, devotion in, in its name, and I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to getting back to the Bismarck Mandan area. I was at St. Joe's in Mandan for uh, 11 years, from 2000 to 2011, and then I've been here for nine and and kind of working my way back east. So, looking forward to it. Uh, I met the staff and um, Father Mark Ani who, God willing, will be ordained on Thursday, along with the future Father Christian Smith. Father Marconi will be my parochial vicar, and I'm looking forward to it. That is fabulous. Monsignor, thanks for taking some time to be with us today as you are in the midst of packing and for bringing Nick on. We'll be glad to visit with you again once you arrive at the parish of Corpus Christi. Thank you, and we'll see you on Thursday for the ordinations uh, at the Diocese of Bismarck, in Bismarck. Amen. Sounds really great. Thank you, Father. Have a good show. Great. Thanks so much. Everybody, that was Monsignor Schumacher of the Diocese of Bismarck talking about the Feast of Corpus Christi, the Body and the Blood of the Lord. We'll take a break. I'm going to talk to you about something that you need to know, uh, prayer, coming up next. You and me, mano a mano. Stay with us. Real Presence Radio. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.